0: So I want to talk about something today that our constitution protects. It's called separation of powers. And this is very, very important to me. So separation of powers is this belief that, you know, we have three – well, not the belief. We do have three branches of government. So we have these three branches of government, legislative, executive, and judicial. So the legislative is who – like those who makes laws, right? They can be in the federal level or even on the state level. So legislators make laws. So then you have the executive, which is um, the president, and that would be like the vice president, and that would be the agencies. We've talked about agencies before, so like the FDA or mm-hmm. the EPA, those are actually part of the executive branch because the president has a role in like creating them. And then we have the judicial branch, which is uh, lawyers, courts, the courts, judges. So oh yeah, and one more thing on executive, also governors. So you still have mm-hmm. um, you know executive at the state level too. So then the courts, you know, all sorts of levels. So each of these branches has what we call delegated powers that means specific things the constitution tells them that they are allowed to do and then we have a system of checks and balances which means like they all keep each other in check to balance power so no uh, branch is supposed to get more powerful than the other this is created so that we don't have complete you know tyranny of one of one branch trying to take mm-hmm. over another which has happened in other countries but sometimes it's the military that's a whole other topic uh but that's us try to like stage a coup but so in this instance, you know, there are ways to check the other. So a, a veto would be one from the president. So let's say the legislator, legislator, right, legislature. can't even speak, um, <laughs> passes a bill and, and the president hates it. He can actually veto that bill, but there's like a timeline. What is it like? There's like three months or something. Don't quote me on yeah, this yeah. so It's limited. He, it's limited. And also the legislator can go back and check it. And I also think they can go to the courts, right? So there's all these different things that they can do to check each other. And it has to go through this process to, to mm-hmm. ensure that the most balance we can we can achieve happens. So that is ideally how this is supposed to work. Unfortunately, <laughs> as we have learned, that doesn't always happen. In fact, there's something that really scares me called um, judicial deference, which is a big word. That is where the courts can sometimes just say, you know what, I'm not going to judge. Oh, I forgot to say what the courts do. They interpret the law. So once a law gets made, they can say like, nope, this isn't constitutional. So Mm -hmm. in this case, with judicial deference, they can take a law that an agency creates and say, you know what, we're going to let the agency both make the law and deal with interpreting it and enforcing it. So that's a big problem because, first of all, agencies like the FDA, they're not – those people aren't elected. So they're not Mm -hmm. supposed to be making laws at all. And then getting to enforce them too, there's just a huge what's called a conflict of interest there. So it's very scary. So Emma, I want you to think of any examples on how separation of powers is getting abused today if you can think of anything.
1: Yeah, the big one that comes to mind right now, just because it's it's a big thing in the news, is this vaccine mandate that President Biden has tried to push through. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was an executive order that advised OSHA, which is, gosh, what does OSHA stand for? it's like, you know what, I'll I'll look it up while you- and health and something like that. So Brittany Brittany can pull it up, the exact abbreviation while I explain this. Oh, okay. Occupational
0: safety and health. Uh, there it
1: is. Agency or something, yeah, <laughs> something, something like that, something or other. Basically, this is an agency that has a lot of oversight over businesses, especially businesses where people are working in the trades, um, unions, and and factory people working workers. with their hands, yeah. factory workers, manufacturing. Um, so it's a very powerful agency because it oversees a really large and really important part of our economy. And if you've ever worked a part-time job and you've gone into the little break room, they always have those OSHA posters, yes. that where they they're forced to hang them up and it tells you what the minimum wage is and what your rights are. so if if you've ever seen that, you you too have encountered OSHA. but essentially, i'm I'm rambling here about OSHA. Uh, The president told OSHA to require all businesses that have 100 or more employees to require vaccines for those people. And that is crazy because I think it's I think it's the first time in history where the president has done such a forceful job of forcing businesses to force people to do something. And it would, it would be one thing if it were not at all controversial. I think it would still be very wrong to require businesses to do this, just to, just to require them to do it. But also, vaccines do have a level of risk, and, and that's something that should be left up to the individual people. So to, to kind of try to summarize this, OSHA is now giving this advice, quote-unquote advice, it's advice with major force behind it, that businesses need to require these vaccines and a lot of companies are now suing, um, suing President Biden and suing OSHA for trying to force this through. And it's interesting because my husband's company is actually one of the ones named on the lawsuit. Interesting. Um, so they they are like right in the middle of this battle. So I hear a lot of interesting insights from him on this. Um, but it's it's a really crazy thing that you've got. The president on one hand requiring one thing through his federal agencies and then you've got the, the Supreme Court on the other hand that is basically going to decide whether or not this is a real law or whether it's it's invalid and it's wrong and needs to be struck down. So really crazy example of balance of power and how this works and there is a lot hanging in the balance with this specific case.
0: Yeah and it's you know it's crazy that you know the president is trying to just sign an executive order to do this so it's it's nuts and this is this will be kind of complicated to follow but I do mm-hmm. encourage you guys to listen to the Supreme Court hearings when you can I listened to it on Friday and it even goes over my head, right? It's very complicated, yeah. but it's, it's very cool to listen to and, and maybe listen with your parents and ask questions because it's a very important part of how our our constitutional system works. Mm-hmm. So another way emergency powers has really been abused, or sorry, sorry, separation of powers has really been abused is through emergency orders during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So for example, one thing that's crazy is in Kentucky right now, the governor basically gave himself unlimited power. Now, there could be some argument. Now, I, I do not like his argument. There could be some argument as to why they should have made emergency orders when the pandemic first happened, right? Because mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going to happen. Now, I definitely want to err on the side of freedom and all things, right? So yeah. I, I don't necessarily support that. But but it could be justified that there was some reason for governors to to take some action in the very, very beginning. However, with these emergency orders, there's no end date. So they mm-hmm. can take this unlimited power, so to speak to shut down businesses, to, to you know, keep kids home from school. Or the funniest thing is to decide which businesses get to stay open. That always cracks oh, me yeah. up. Where yeah. you can, if you're a restaurant, you can stay open. But if you are considered a bar, even if you have food, you can, or like if you order chicken wings, this was the silly rule mm-hmm. from like New York, then then that's fine. So like a parent, I don't, it's just, there's so many jumbled things and a lot of people can't even keep track of them. So businesses don't know if they're breaking the law. Well, So, the legislature in Kentucky passed a bill that basically said the governor has to set an end date for this. He can't just rule like a tyrant king. You know, we fought a revolution for this. So, in response, and this is what's crazy to me, the governor is suing the legislature, basically (laughs) saying, I have ultimate authority. I should be able to do this. And that is just nuts to me. And that's, you know, Kentucky is not the only place. Michigan, I know, is it Gretchen Whitmer? Is that how you say yeah. her name? Yeah. She's been really terrible too. And I think I think it was Michigan where there were silly laws that were like, okay, you can buy things at Walmart, but we're gonna tell you what things you can buy at Walmart. Because yeah. you can only buy essential goods. so this is blocked off, you know, yeah. but this isn't. And, and you is can't it just rip
1: your leaves or you can't yeah. garden it was so crazy. silly rules. New
0: York has been really bad too. One of my favorite uh, things in New York is they said that church services could stay open, but like plays couldn't happen. Now, the funny thing about this, and I, I know a lady who owns a theater and this happened to her where she runs, she rents out her space to a church on Sunday. So mm-hmm. it's the same safety protocols for both the church and the play. <laughs> But one of them, she's allowed to open up at full capacity, meaning that she can have all the seats she has filled. And with the theater, she can only fill certain seats. I think, I think the wow. ban is lifted, but New York's a mess, so who knows. Um, yeah. So that's some abuse of, of power, right? That's not supposed to happen. These governors are ruling indefinitely, and there's, there's no separation of power. So that's, that's a, another good example.
1: Totally. And another one that I think of is the mask mandate on an airplane. And if you've been on an airplane over the last two years, you've heard the droning. It's like... You know, due to a federal regulation, blah, 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 you must wear your mask over your nose and mouth the entire time. And now they're even getting mad at you if you have your mask on or if you have it off, like in between bites, and if you're chewing. And it's just this crazy thing. I I got yelled at the other day for not putting it over my mouth. Even if you were eating? Chewing while I was chewing. By a person or by a stewardess or like. By a stewardess. And I was, she was like, this, it's not in my control. It's the law. And I just wanted to ask where that was coming from but I didn't even want to get into it didn't want to get banned from American Airlines so anyway the mask mandates people point to FAA regulation and the FAA is an agency that was never given any sort of power over what we can do with our bodies it's it concerns airlines and aviation and honestly probably shouldn't even exist at all because why is the federal government controlling so much of that stuff uh, but it's it's an interesting thing where you have these agencies that were never given any sort of constitutional power to make these rules, and now they're affecting our lives in very real, very tangible ways. So it's just crazy, and it's a really good reminder that you know these are the things we're thinking about right now: the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and that kind of thing, because this is this is a pressing, you know, current matter that we're worried about. But there are all sorts of laws that that do the same thing that come from these federal agencies and that the only way to really get them to give the power back to us is through a lawsuit. So I'm thankful that we have that balance of power, but sometimes it can be frustrating when the when the federal government just pays zero attention to to the rules that they are supposed to follow. And I think that's what's so important um, about about us knowing our Constitution and knowing our rights and also knowing what our government is supposed to look like ideally because if we don't know that stuff, there's no way we can ever tell the government, hey, actually, you're in the wrong here. So knowing is kind of the first step to calling attention to these things and and being a part of these lawsuits and keeping up and paying attention. So. That's that's kind of my two cents. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So
0: I just, you know, reminder to it's always good to read the Constitution again with your with your parents and mm-hmm. and pick these things out. And say like, oh, that's that separation of powers, you know, or the checks and balances stuff that they were talking about. So there, that could be some homework for you.
1: Yes, exactly. Always read the Constitution. It is always going to help you. You will always find new things in it. And if you need a little help understanding, just have a parent help you out. And maybe we'll do an episode where we just kind of read through it together and break it down. that, oh, might that be could fun. be fun. Yeah. With one future series or something. But we're going to wrap it up here today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you all again soon.
0: Talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com
1: for more awesome content.